0: Glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonner's Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, we got two more nights. Two more nights. Tomorrow night we'll we'll finish up with this matter of the, the series on the church uh, per se. And then, of course, Thursday night will be. Uh, the king's ordination service and, uh, uh, the Lord said, you know, in the word of God, even so come quickly, Lord come quickly. And the church is saying, kings, even so go quickly. And, uh, (laughs) amen. But this is a thrilling thing. I'm telling you, this is a thrilling thing. There are, there are multitudes of churches across this country that have never sent anyone out of their church. As a missionary to do the work of God. Now there are churches all over America. That have sent multitudes of them. But many 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 churches. Have lost sight of the fact. That one of the. One of the. The the, the purpose of the church. Is to get the gospel around the world. And uh, churches. Birth churches. Amen. We have a lot of splits. In churches as a result of that. Uh, but. God's plan is for churches to start churches. And we finally write in the Word of God that God God raises up people out of the local church, and that church lets them go and sends them forth, that God sends them forth, and they go out and start other churches. And thank God for it. Amen. I'm, i am i got to get away from that. I'll preach my message for Thursday night before we get there. But I, I'm, it's a thrilling thing. I'll be honest with you. I'm thrilled to death to be here. And just even be a part of this whole thing. This is just a wonderful thing. We've known the king since 2004. And uh, it's been wonderful to watch God work in their lives and through their lives. And, of course, we've known Nevin for a little while and his family. And it's wonderful to just see what God's doing in Bonners Ferry Baptist Church. I remember the first time I came to this town, there was no independent fundamental Baptist church in this whole area. There wasn't any. Now look what's here. Isn't it wonderful what God has done? Wonderful. Thank the Lord for that. First Corinthians chapter 12. Let me get some glasses on. Amen. You'll be wondering what version I'm reading out of if I don't get some glasses on. First Corinthians chapter 12. We've been looking at the church. We've seen the church. God likens the church to a building. And uh, the how important the foundation of the building is absolutely essential. Has the right foundation, and Jesus Christ is the foundation of the church tonight, built upon the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we saw that uh, the church uh, is likened to a bride, and uh, how important it is for the bride to be faithful. Uh, to her bridegroom. That's God's plan for his people, his church, to be faithful uh, to him until he comes to get us out of here. Amen? We want to be found faithful. We saw last night that God likens the church to a flock, uh, the flock of God, and uh, how vital it is for the sheep uh, that they learn to follow the shepherd the good shepherd and the great shepherd and the chief shepherd, amen, and the shepherd and the bishop of our souls and how important followership is. I remember hearing a man preach a message years ago on uh, the the doctrine of followership and the power of followership. He said you can have tremendous leadership but if you don't have people to follow that leadership, things aren't going anywhere. So thank God for the followership. We get a hold of that. Tonight we want to look At another aspect of the church, God gives us another picture of the church, help us understand more about His church, and that is the church likened unto the body, or a body. We're not stretching the Scriptures when we look at this and call this uh, what we are, because I believe the Bible is very clear on this subject. And I want you to keep this thought in mind tonight as we look at the Scriptures concerning... Uh, the picture of the church as a body and uh, the, the importance of the body functioning correctly. How many of you understand something about your body not functioning correctly? Amen, I saw a lot of frowns and a lot of stiff backs walking in here tonight. We know something about the pain, the disappointment, the disabilities when the body doesn't function as it was designed to. Amen? And God said the church is a body. And it is designed to function as a unit. And if it functions as God designed it to, then that body can do what God intended for it to do. But there are many times when the body doesn't function correctly, and there are reasons for that, and we'll take a look at some of these things tonight. Let's, uh, you've been standing. You want to stand or you don't want to? Stand? Let's stand. One more time. I know you're going to get your nap here in just a few minutes. So let's get the word of God in you, uh, before that happens. All right. Uh, for time's sake, we're not going to read the whole chapter. Uh, at the beginning of this chapter, the apostle Paul's dealing with the subject of spiritual gifts. And, uh, but we won't take time for that, but go to verse 12. The Bible says, for as the body, First Corinthians chapter 12, for as the body is one and hath many members. Now, he's talking about your body, your physical body. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit. Are we all baptized into one body? And by the way, that takes place at the moment you get saved by the power of God. The moment of regeneration, the moment you're born again into the family of God. This is not a physical water baptism here. This is a spiritual baptism. The Holy Spirit baptizes us, places us into the body of Christ. Notice this. Uh, Whether we be Jews or Gentiles whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, but yet one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, in our, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular, and God has set some, now notice here he's going to tie this together, and God has set some in the church. First apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles? no. I'll, I'll interject that. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Have all the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Father, Lord, again tonight we're so thankful to be in the house of God with your people this evening. Lord, we've already enjoyed the, the fellowship, the spirit, That's here tonight, Lord God, the sweet spirit of fellowship. Thank you for the wonderful music that's honored and glorified you and the musicians. Lord, we just pray tonight now that as we settle down to hear from your word tonight, that, oh, Holy Spirit of God, you'd please take control of this part of the service. Lord, I pray, direct my thoughts and words. Help me, Lord, I pray. And, Lord, I pray that Christ would be honored and glorified. I pray that every heart would receive uh, the word, Lord, that you would have for them. And Lord, there'd be much fruit for your glory and honor as a result of it. And Lord, help us to get a better understanding of this thing called the body, the church. And may God we consider our part in the body. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I think it's very clear here to see God is saying the church is like a human body. The human body is singular. Amen. It's got one body, but it has many members. I mean, this is not rocket science. Is that right? We understand the body is made up of hands and feet and eyes and ears and all those different things. And he said there is a diversity and yet a unity in the human body. God designed this body with all these different parts to work cohesively, to work together to benefit the entire body as a whole. Does that make sense? Everything about your body is designed to serve the body whole, the whole body. And the hands are designed to serve the body in a particular way. The feet are designed to serve the whole body in a particular way. The eyes are designed to serve the whole body in a particular way. God said, now that will give you a little bit of an idea what the church is supposed to be like. The church is a group of God's people assembled together, called out unto God through the new birth in Jesus Christ, and they are many members, diverse members. There are some people in the church that are eyeballs. Some are ears. Some are feet. Some are mouths. Some are uh, different things. Uh, But God places them in the body to serve the whole body. The eye isn't there just to serve the eyes. The hand's not there just to serve the hand. The feet's not there just to serve the feet. They're all there collectively to serve that single unit called the body. Everybody still with me? God said, that's the way my church is. See, He gives us these pictures so in our, our finite minds we can get a little grasp of what He means when He says church. We're to have church in our life. Our lives would be in church. What's this all about? You and I, if we're saved tonight, God has placed us in a body. He's put us in the body. I believe every born again child of God should be a part of a local body. A local New Testament church. God designed it that way. If you would look earlier in the chapter, and later we'll look in the book of Romans, God gives every individual member of His body, the people of God, spiritual gifts and abilities. Every one of you have a gift from God. God gave you that gift so that you could be of service to Him in the body. Say amen right there. You say, I don't know what my gift is. Well, God be glad to show it to you if you ask Him. Amen. Every single one of you, if you're saved tonight, you are a body part. How's that? You really are. You are a body part that God has designed to fit in a local New Testament church with your particular gifts and your particular abilities to serve God and that body to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. God's people need to figure that out. Church is important. How would you like to wake up this morning and one of your feet and one of your arms be missing? you'd probably have a little trouble getting around. Do you know what? God's church, God's people, His local assemblies many times suffer uh, as a whole and aren't functioning as God would have them fully function as a local church because the body parts aren't cooperating. Say amen again right there. I listen we'll be here all night if I got to jump down on the floor, turn around, look up the pulpit, and say, Amen. Come back up here and preach another point. We'll be here all night. So you help me. I want to make sure you're catching this. Now, let's let's think about some things about the body tonight, okay? Let's consider, first of all, as God's already told us, that a body is single with many members. Go back to Romans twelve. Let's look at another place. The Apostle Paul is addressing a different group of Christians, but he says this, he said in chapter 12 in verse 1, he says over there, or chapter 12 verse 4, he says, for as we have many members in one body, there again he's talking about a physical body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one Of another. Amen. And he goes on and talks about these various gifts and abilities that God gives his people that are saved. So that they can be a useful functioning body part for the glory of God through the local church. Amen. I believe God has greater plans for the average local church than the average local church understands. I believe he has greater plans for the average local church than the local church is getting in on. God has called, God has set a church and God set this church in this community, not just to have a place where people can come and fellowship together and have meals together and catch up on each other's news all week and sing a few songs and go to the house. God set this church in this place as a lighthouse to reach this place and the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because people are going to hell. And their only hope is the message of the gospel, and we've got it. God designed this body to carry that message to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the other parts of the world. But the average local church body is so crippled up because its members aren't functioning correctly that it can't get around the block. Amen. So I want us to consider a body single with many members, as God has said here. That makes sense, amen. Notice if you want Colossians one eighteen. Now this is elementary stuff. You're not going to get anything deep theologically out of me. It ain't going to happen because it's not there, amen. It's just you got to get what's simple because it's simple uh, coming from me. But in Colossians chapter one, notice this. In Colossians chapter one and verse eighteen. It's talking about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of every creature. That's Jesus Christ. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Now get this. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Everybody has to have a head. How many of you got that so far? The head is the control center. Is that right? The head is the part of the body that determines direction. It determines a lot of things. The, the rest of the body responds to what the head is telling it. At least it's supposed to. How many of you have ever had a body part that did not respond according to what your head was telling it? You young people don't understand that. But the older you get, the more you'll understand that. Isn't that right? Now, when that happens, when that body part doesn't respond to that head, then you're having a malfunction. Amen? Now, who's the head of the church, the body? Jesus Christ. Who is the control center? Jesus Christ who does the thinking jesus christ amen. who does the leading jesus christ amen and who is it that says arm i want you to reach out here hand i want you to pick that apple up and take it to your mouth and take a bite amen and the arm says i i don't want to do that no apple today amen You see, when the body part doesn't cooperate with the head, it creates a malfunction in the body. And that's what every local assembly has to deal with. We are individual body parts. He's not the head. Christ is the head. Amen? And Christ, he is to do exactly what Christ tells him. And you are just as responsible to do exactly what Christ tells you. Let me ask you something. Would there be be unity in the, the body if everybody was in tune with the head? If everybody could clearly understand what the head is saying and equally responded to what the head is saying. Now, the, head's not, the head is perfect. Christ is perfect. He's not going to tell that eyeball to pick that apple up. You don't have to worry about God trying to get you to do something that you're not equipped by God to do in His body. Don't worry about that. He, if you're an eyeball, He's not going to try to get you uh, to pick up an apple. Amen? Amen? Don't worry about that. Don't be afraid of that. Young people, don't be, don't be afraid of letting God take control and be the head of your life. He's not going to put you in a situation that He's not going to equip you for. Matter of fact, He'll put you in the situation that He designed you for. Amen. That's a good thing. Question is, can we trust the head? Can we trust the head? talked about that matter of trust last night didn't they? You, you see the pattern here sheep need to trust the shepherd bride needs to trust the bridegroom the body parts need to trust the head see it's all different pictures but it's all telling us the same thing that makes sense but he's got to get it down where we can understand it and so everybody has a head Jesus Christ is the head of the church. The head is to control the body. Jesus Christ is the head of this body. If He's not the head of this local church, it's not His church. If some headquarters off in Rome, or Nashville, Tennessee, or Salt Lake City, or wherever it's at, is the controlling head of that particular body, it's not Christ's body. Amen. By the way, Nashville, Tennessee has got the Southern Baptist headquarters there. So I've got to pick on the Baptist. I'm not a Southern Baptist even though I live in the South and I'm a Baptist. But what I'm saying is Jesus Christ is the head of His church. If He's not the head, it's not His church. Amen. Amen. He's the head and headquarters are in heaven. Amen. Now, so body has several members, single members, but they all make up a one body, a single unit. Church has many members, all diverse, different. And listen, if you're a hand, don't go trying to be a foot. Don't worry about that. You'll just look like a fool if you do that. Amen? And so on. So God designed us that way. And you got to remember this. God has placed every Member in the body, as he sees fit he sees fit, I believe that god God has a will for people to be in a particular church Amen that's not just something to fool around with. It's serious business you say well i I'm, I'm not sure where I ought to be, then you better be praying heavy." Now, God doesn't mean for me to cut my foot off and set it out there in the yard and let it roam around on its own. Does He? No! That foot's supposed to be attached to a body. That body controlled by a head. There's a lot of feet running around out here that's not, not attached to a body. And if they're not attached to a body, they're not attached to the head. This is deep, isn't it? I mean, this is deep. (laughs) All right, we'll go on. I think you got that. Amen. Go to Genesis chapter 2. Let's take a look at some things that God designed the body for. and I don't know of a better place to go than the first place we learn of a human body. Principle first mentioned in the body. Uh, when you're studying the Word of God, principle first mention tells you wherever the place is, whatever the subject is, where it's first mentioned, study that text real good, and you'll learn most of what God wants you to know about it right there. So now we have in Genesis chapter two and verse seven, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became. A living soul. Now, what God has done here, you know, God in creation, God did several things. God God created something out of nothing, did he not? God created something out of nothing. And then God took something that he had created out of nothing, and he created something out of something. Created the dust of the ground out of nothing. And then he took the dust of the ground that he had created out of nothing, and he formed man out of something he had created out of nothing. That's amazing, isn't it? That's what he did with man. He formed man. The word of Adam means red. Somebody suggested Adam was created out of the Georgia red clay. I don't know if that's true or not. But uh, the Bible said he formed that, that body. But then God breathed into man the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Now for a body to function correctly, it needs life. Amen? I've been to several funerals. Once they're laying in that casket, their functioning is over. Isn't that right? For a body to function correctly, it needs life. Where's the life of the church come from? Christ who is our life. He is the life of the body. Amen. We draw our being, who we are and what we are, from Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 said, "In you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Before we were saved, we were dead spiritually. We were made alive when we were born again into the family of God. And the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, the local church, is, draws its life from Christ, but it's made up of living souls. That's why we believe that a church should have a membership made up of saved members. People that have been quickened people that have been born again, people that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb and have have experienced the, the new birth and the regenerating power of the Spirit of God because the body is to have living members. Every church is to be made up of people who have been saved by the grace of God. They either have been saved there through that ministry or saved somewhere else and know that they're saved and come and be a part of that body as God directs them. But saved membership is biblical. It's not just Baptist. It's Bible. Amen. Amen. So the body, if it's going to function correctly, it has to have life. The body is also designed, if you will, look in uh, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 29. The Bible said, well, that's not right. Genesis chapter 2, I've got the wrong... Verse here. Here, let's look down at verse 9. The Bible said, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now God created man, and he placed him in the Garden of Eden. And in the Garden of Eden, God planted all these trees and all this vegetation so that man could have something to eat. Why? Because God wanted man to have sustained life. He didn't just give him life; he wanted him to have sustained life. He designed the body to grow. Amen. He designed the body to grow, and God has designed His church to grow. Look, if you will, or I'll just read it here for time's sake. First Peter, chapter two. Uh, in verse two it says, as newborn babes, talking about saved people, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. God has designed his local church to grow. How does a local church grow? We're not talking necessarily here about numbers. We're talking about spiritual growth. How does God design this body to grow spiritually as a local church? By desiring the sincere milk of the Word. Feeding on the Word of God. Amen. That's what the Bible says. We feed on His milk when we're newborn babes, and as we grow in the Lord and begin to mature, just like a physical body matures, you feed that little baby milk until it gets it's growing and maturing. It starts growing teeth. Its appetite gets bigger. You start giving it more solid food. Eventually, it can eat, eat, and eat meat off the table. And God said that very thing about His Word. So, God designed this body for its members to grow spiritually. And if we're going to grow spiritually, we must feed on the Word of God constantly. When you come to this church house, you come to this church, you know what you're going to get fed? You already know what you're going to get fed. You know why a lot of people don't want to come to this church house? Because they, they don't want to be fed the Word of God. They want something to tickle their ears. They want entertainment. They want comfort of some kind. They want social gathering. They want to better their business contact. But they don't want the Word of God. But if you're part of the living body, God put an appetite in you for spiritual food, for the Word of God. And when you get to a place where you're being fed the Word of God, you're going to be glad for that and you're going to grow. Amen. Are you a part of the body? Are you saved? Are you growing? Some people make the mistake, though, of growing think they're going to grow spiritually by coming to the house of God and eating one meal a week. Now, I'm just getting literal here. Amen. we got to get down where we can get a hold of this. And I want to help you if you need help. I like to eat too well. You can tell by looking at me, I don't eat just Sunday morning only. How many of you would agree with that? Raise your hand. (laughs) Do you know what? Some of God's people think that's all the food they need spiritually. And they think they're going to grow by just showing up church on Sunday morning and getting fed and going all week long on that one meal. I had a first cousin one time visit me in my first church I pastored. He lived over in Jamestown, Tennessee, and we lived about, what, 18, 20 miles from there. And he knew I was pastoring over there, so he'd come one Sunday morning and come and heard me preach. And, and uh, he said, boy, I really liked that, really enjoyed that. Well, about six months later, I met him and ran into him. And he said, man, he said, I, I really liked your preaching. I said, boy, you must have got all you wanted because you ain't been back. <laughs> and that's the way some people are. They get all they want Sunday morning and they don't come back. Amen. Amen. Yeah. By the way, if you want to grow spiritually, you're going to have to get, you're going to have to eat more than Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Amen. You need to go home and eat too. Amen. I mean, we all understand that, don't we? God designed the body. If it's going to function correctly, it needs to grow. It needs to eat to grow. All right. That gives it strength and so on. It enlarges it. And then look again in Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Now notice that. God did what? God put man in the garden to dress it and keep it. Now this is before the curse. This is before sin. God designed the body to labor. Labor is not a curse. No, God designed this body to work. There's some tremendous benefits to the body if the body will work. God designed this thing so that it would have something to do for the body. And the church is designed to labor. Amen. We don't have to go to all these verses tonight. Very clear. The Bible is designed, or the Bible makes it clear that we as the people of God, the church is to labor. Paul talked about the churches and commended them for their labor commended them for their work many of them and how they labored for the Lord Jesus Christ and God has designed the local church to labor for him and if the body is going to labor for him to function correctly in that labor if, if every member of the body would get in on the labor wow what could get done isn't that true Someone said the statistics are that 10% of the people of the average local church do 90% of all the work. It shouldn't be that way, amen? So, and God didn't design it that way. And so if we're a part of the body, if we're a part of the local church, we need to ask ourselves, am I, number am I eating? Am I growing? And am I involved in laboring? Have I figured out what my part and my contribution to the local church is what can I do to work through and in and labor in this body, the local church, to benefit the whole body? Now, I've uh, I've never played one of those. Since I live in the South, I call it a fiddle. <clears throat> I've never played violin either, either one of them. But can I be honest with you? I've never tried. And if I tried, I could still say I've never done it. But if I wanted to do it bad enough, I would have to work at it. Amen? I'd have to work at it. And uh, you and I need to realize that there is God that gives us all abilities and talents. Thank God there were some young people up here tonight and last night and every night, people getting up here, and they have labored in practicing in learning learning to read music, learning to play an instrument, learning to sing. And guess what? All of us benefit from it. Is that right? They were all singers. I'm not a singer, but I sure benefited from their singing. And every one of us, if you're a part of this church, God has gifted you with something. I don't know what it is. Maybe just a doorstop. I don't know. But somebody needs to be a doorstop. But find out what it is. Submit yourself to the head and say, Lord, show me what I can do for you in the body and allow me to do it. And God will use you and it will benefit everybody. God designed this body to labor. Notice something else, verse 26 of chapter 1 of Genesis. And God said, let us make man in our image. Now, you got the Trinity here talking to one another. Amen. Let us make man in our image after the, our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now, I think that involves God as a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And God made man to be a triune creature. He's a body, he's a soul, and he's a spirit. I mean, God's a spirit, so we, we can't look like him. But God said, let us make man in our image. In other words, man, the body, is to be reflective of God. We are to be a reflection of God. The church, the Christians at Antioch and at the church at Antioch, the people there were first called Christians. And that word Christian simply means Christ-like. That body of believers reflected their Savior. People saw them and said, they're like Jesus. That's what that means. And God has designed this body, if we're going to function the way our head wants us to function, then He he wants us to be a reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. He's made us a new creature in Christ. Amen. And He works to conform us to the image of His Son. If you're saved, He's going to work the rest of your life to conform you to the image of His Son. Now, you may fight it. And just drag it out even further. But that's His work in our lives. And God designed the body, every member of the body, to reflect the Lord Jesus Christ in our actions, in our attitude, every way in our spirit. He wants us to be Christ-like. Can you imagine a local church, a local assembly like this one, if every single member of that church was by the grace of God, doing their best with the help of God to be like Jesus. Can you imagine that? You know what? The average church has a few people that are trying to live that way. And they're usually the oddballs. Yeah. Most of the locals' assemblies are trying To be like the world. God did not design his body. To function that way. Amen. He designed the human body. To reflect him. He designed God's body. The church. To be a reflection of him. And if it's not. Look at the Laodicean church. How many of you would have liked to have been a member. Of. Of the Laodicean church. Any hands? Why? Why not? Because it was anything but a reflection of the Son of God. It was anything of uh, other than a, a reflection of God's will and God's plan of holiness and righteousness and grace and mercy and truth and love. It was anything but that. Isn't that true? And none of us would want to be a member of that. Why? Because it didn't reflect the Son of God. We need to ask ourselves, listen, do we want a church that reflects the Son of God? So when people see Bonner's Ferry Baptist Church, what they, what, what draws that, what their eyes and their hearts and their minds are drawing attention to is not the church itself, but the Lord Jesus Christ. They're seeing Christ in us. Amen? Now that goes back again. If the body is going to be reflective of the Lord Jesus Christ, that means the foot has to be reflective of the Lord Jesus Christ. The hand has to be reflective. The eye has to be reflective. The ear, in other words, the individual members make up the whole, whatever it is. And so the average church today is a little reflective, but not as a whole. But if it's going to function as God designed it to, wouldn't it be wonderful if everybody got in on it? Amen? Now think about that. The reflective body. Genesis 1 verse 28. Let's look at this. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. And replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. God designed the human body to reproduce. Amen? God designed, if there's going to be a perpetuation of the human race, there has to be reproduction. God God said, now the church is what? Like a body. God's plan for a church, a local church, is to reproduce. Amen. How do we reproduce? We reproduce by reaching other people with the gospel. So that they're born again into the family of God. Churches, I said already, churches reproduce churches. Amen. And we reproduce ourselves as a church, as a body, by reaching the lost with the gospel. So the body is designed to reproduce just like the, just like the human body. Is designed to reproduce. Now, let me give you a couple of these thoughts, and we'll be done tonight. If um, so I can find my notes here, I wrote some things down. I didn't want to forget. Anyway, let me give you these. What what, ca- what can hinder? What can hinder the body from functioning correctly? Number one uh, is a disconnection with the head. Disagreement with the head unsubmissiveness to the head. Amen? If we're not submitted to the head, then the body can't function correctly. How does that apply to me, preacher? That means every one of us individually have a responsibility to submit ourselves unto the lordship of Jesus Christ. He is the head. Amen? Something else that can hinder the body is... Uh, uh, injury. Injury. Sometimes the body doesn't function correctly because a part of the body has been injured or hurt. Isn't that true? How many of you have been saved long enough since since you got saved? You've been saved long enough that you've been hurt spiritually. Maybe even crippled for a while. Now, you know what that does? you get enough hurting people that don't let the, let God heal them, it can hinder the function of the body. And the Lord is able to heal our hurts. Amen. He's able to mend us. And, and if we'll let Him, He will. But a lot of churches aren't functioning correctly tonight because they got people uh, that have been hurt, and that hurt leads to unforgiveness, and it leads to bitterness, and it leads to anger, and it leads to things that, that hurt the function of the body. Cripples the body. Amen. Infection, disease, sin. Amen. You ever had an infection? I got when we were in the Bahamas a few years ago on a mission trip. It wasn't a vacation; it was a mission trip here in the Bahamas. I've been working on a vehicle before we left. And there running my arm up and down that motor and scratched it all to pieces. And I had a bunch of scratches on my arm while we went through the airports and all that. I come While I was in the Bahamas, I got staph infection in that arm. And Before I left the Bahamas, my arm was about twice as big as it ought to be, about to kill me. I finally had to go to the doctor and get it taken care of. But I guarantee you, that arm did not function like normal because it's full of infection. And listen, when we allow sin to infect our lives... Then we're not going to function as God desired for us to. And listen, when that arm when that arm got infected, it affected my whole body. Yeah, it wasn't just my arm hurting; my whole body was hurting. It wasn't able to do what it was supposed to do totally. And when you and I, as people of God, when we allow sin to creep into our lives, big or small, doesn't matter. If you know anything about infection, if it's small and it isn't taken care of, it gets bigger. And that's what sin does. We get some little sin in our eye. We think it's a little sin. But it's not a little sin. It lays there and festers and it's going to multiply and it's going to grow and it won't be long. The doctor says, if you don't get rid of this, we're going to have to cut your arm off. Amen? That's what sin does to the body of Christ. Church. One person is living in sin. that it can have an effect on the whole body. Isn't that true? That's why it's so important for every one of us individually. I cannot do a thing about your sin. You can't do anything about mine. I've got to deal with my own. Amen? Got to deal with my own. That's why we need to keep our hearts clean and our hearts right. Amen? Uh, there's, there's, you can, you can have a, uh, a parasite. Something that invades your body. Anybody ever had a parasite here? They're not fun. Something that's on the outside that invades your body. You didn't invite it. It just invaded. It attacked you. You don't even know where it came from. The devil the devil's like that. Do you know what a parasite is? You're carrying something around you weren't meant to carry around. You know, a lot of people tonight are crippled in the body of Christ because they're carrying burdens that God never meant for them to carry. He said, bring your burdens to the Lord. Leave them there. Bring them to me. A lot of people carry heavy burdens uh, for different reasons and different things. But the Lord says, listen, give me your burden. Let me handle your burden. That burden is going to cripple you. Amen. So we need to learn. Take those burdens to the Lord and let him have them. Then there are some things that can hinder our body that we just inherit. We inherit. Some people have heart disease because they inherit it from their parents. Or diabetes. Or something like that. And there are things that we inherit that we have to take special care for. Amen. If I, I came from a family, a long, long line of drunkards. Both sides of the family. Both sides. And that's something that I realize is passed down. I mean, that was behavior was taught to me with all that in it. And so I have to realize that's something that I've inherited that I need to pay particular attention to. I'm just using that as an example. All of us have things that we inherit, that we need to say, God, I need extra grace for this one. Take extra care that it doesn't have. It may be slothfulness. It may be lying. Whatever it is. We all have things we inherit. Amen? And we have, we have, and if we, we don't let God help us with those things, it will hinder us in the body and will affect the whole body. I'm glad the Lord is not only the head of the body, but He's the great physician. And I don't care what's wrong with your body. He's the great physician. And he can bring healing. Amen. He can bring healing. The Lord Jesus Christ said the church is like a body. You know what? When the body, when one part of the body rejoices, it all ought to rejoice. When one part of the body weeps, it all ought to weep. And what a precious, precious thing to be a part of a local body of believers. God means for every one of his children to be a part of one. And I understand. Sometimes it's difficult to figure out where it is God wants you to be. But I promise you, if you truly want to be obedient to God in these matters, and you seek God's face, God will give you an answer. God will give you an answer. I'm convinced somebody out here in this area, before you ever got here, was needing a local body and was praying about having a local body that they could fit into to serve God with. That's why God called this man to come out of here. Amen. It's going to be people down there where Brother Chris is going. Same way. That's why God's calling him down there. Amen. Amen. And so thank God for what we have. But make sure, if you're a part of this body, make sure you don't hinder the functioning of this body.